Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Megan Hustline. Hey, Meredith. Hope you had a nice holiday. Uh, not too many sports happening over the break, but excited to talk about what did happen. I know. Um, definitely had a very solid Christmas here in Chicago. Um, and it feels like there weren't very many sports. We had a lot of cancellations due to COVID, but uh, I feel like I basically just filled my time watching holiday-themed movies instead of sports this year. I mean, that's fine too. Like, we love a good Hallmark movie or a good Home Alone. Like, those are classics too, and sometimes you need a little break from sports, and that's okay. I mean, love to be festive during the holidays. Yeah, tis the season. Of course, one of the things that I do love looking forward to on Christmas Eve is the holiday, or excuse me, the uh, Hawaii Bowl, um, which seems to always pit Hawaii against some other team fortunate enough to get to travel to Hawaii for the holidays. Um, and it's always on like late, and like you know, if you're excited for Christmas morning, you get to watch the bowl game. Um, and kind of like put you to sleep. But this year, the Hawaii Bowl, like many bowl games, was canceled due to COVID. Right, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the second year in a row it was canceled. But yeah, they were supposed to face Memphis this year. And honestly, I don't think Memphis was too upset about it. I mean, they still, you know, got to go to Hawaii for Christmas. So that's still a pretty nice gift, if I do say so myself. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, the same cannot be said for some of the other teams who had had bowl games canceled. Um, mentioned the Hawaii Bowl. Miami is also out of the Sun Bowl. Um, the Military Bowl and the Fenway Bowl were also canceled with teams testing positive at extremely high rates. I think Boston College had 40 plus players test positive um, ahead of the Fenway Bowl this year. Yeah, it's just crazy how many players are testing positive that they can't even field a team in order to play in these bowl games. So. Definitely an unfortunate way to end the, the season. I feel bad for these guys, especially for the seniors who played their last game and didn't even know it. So yeah, definitely not a good way to end the year, but I mean, that's just the way it is right now with the pandemic. And I mean, also speaking for the other teams, uh, so you know, if one side has positive, that doesn't necessarily mean that the other team is also having a COVID outbreak. and so. Um, you're seeing sort of this displacement scenario where some of these games are getting canceled, you know, hours or just a day before, and uh, teams are unable, excuse me, the bowl game is unable to find an opponent. Um, and so the other team, even if they are perfectly healthy, is sort of just like out of luck. Um, one of the places where this was not the case was in the Gator Bowl, which was canceled pretty early on uh, with a rise in cases in the Texas A&M program. Um, which meant that Rutgers got to get pulled in to replace Texas A&M and play Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. I'm really curious to see how this plays out because I'm so glad that they found an opponent for Wake Forest. But, I mean, Rutgers hasn't practiced for, you know, they haven't played since their last game. Like, they thought their season was over. So now they're playing in the bowl game. Okay, they got to get together, get ready to play Wake Forest. And I just want to see how rusty they're going to be. I mean, obviously, they haven't taken months off, but so they haven't played in a game in a few weeks. So definitely going to be interesting. Um, you know, Rutgers isn't terrible this year. They went five and seven. So 
they're a respectable opponent. I think Wake will still come out on top, but it'll just be interesting to see how Rutgers performs against them. Yeah. Um, I'm also just so psyched for Rutgers. They've been the laughing stock at the bottom of the Big Ten for years, basically, since they joined the Big Ten. Um, and it's pretty awesome that they've been able to put together a five and seven season, as you mentioned, um, especially in Greg Schiano's second stint there. Uh, and, you know, become a more worthy opponent. Um, I agree. It doesn't feel like they will come out on top of Wake. There's a reason that Texas A&M was pitted against them. Uh, and the Gator Bowl is one of the more, you know, prestigious bowl games uh, of the 40-some-odd that are out there. Um, but still, you know, hoping for the best. And it's it's cool for the seniors on Rutgers that have sort of lived through these nightmare scenarios um, you know, going winless in the Big Ten uh, for them to have this shot. Yeah, this is, you know, on the opposite side, a great way to end their season. Uh, they're definitely deserving. They've worked so hard to get to where they are. They've definitely improved over the years. So, I mean, and yeah, like you said, it's the Gator Bowl, which is a respectable bowl game. So congrats to them. You know, they you know, they were the first team to get their placement nod and they accepted it. So Definitely kudos to them. Hopefully they play well, represent the Big Ten well. Like I said, I don't think they'll come out on top, but hopefully it's a competitive game. For sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You never know. Rutgers could pull a massive upset. Don't see it happening, but like you said, who knows? Yeah, and I mean, we're seeing a related scenario in the in the Peach Bowl between Michigan State and Pittsburgh. Um, obviously Pittsburgh did end up surprisingly with that ACC championship. I don't know who at the start of the season would have predicted that. Um, but the game got a lot less interesting when Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker, the third, uh, both opted out on either side of the team or either side of the ball. Um, so we will have another exciting big 10 ACC matchup, but maybe just a little bit less exciting. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I definitely wish, especially Kenny Pickett was playing because he took pretty much all of the snaps at quarterback this season. Like the quarterback, I don't even know his name, who's starting now. I think he's only played, I don't know, maybe 20 snaps. Like he has not played much at all this season. So I think Michigan State might have the advantage on this one just because of that. Because I think Kenny Pickett was the sole leader for that pit team. So Definitely disappointed he's not playing. Understandable. But, yeah, I think Michigan State might have the advantage in that one. I agree. Um, again, not knowing how the ACC stacks up will be – it's a little unnerving right now. Um, but it does feel like, with the exception of when Ohio State utterly dismantled Michigan State, um, they had an offense that was really able to put up points, even without Walker. Um, their defense was fine, um, you know, with the exception of their past defense. But without Pickett, what, is that really a threat anymore? Um, and so we will certainly see. Um, but, you know, Kenny Pickett, uh, certainly one of the top prospects at the quarterback position in this year's NFL draft. Um, we saw a f two former number one picks have two very different games over the weekend. Uh, Megan, you want to talk about Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow just totally went off this weekend and I'm so happy he did because I mean man he threw for what 525 yards like he just totally dismantled the Ravens and it was just great to see because the Ravens defense coordinator 
just made some comment to him saying how he wasn't a Hall of Famer yet. Like, okay, obviously, why are we even bringing this up? He's he's so young. Like, that was just so uncalled for. And it was just fuel for Burrow to go off this week, which he did. And I believe he broke Boomer Sison's record for most passing yards in a game. So it was just an amazing day for Burrow, an amazing day for the Bengals as a whole. I mean, T. Higgins went off too, like – just everyone did so well, and I just love Joe Burrow's post-game press conference, too, because someone asked him about the comment that the Ravens defense coordinator made, and he just, you know, he just played it off, acted like it didn't matter, but he just had a little smile when he answered, so you definitely know that it felt good to prove him wrong, but yeah, definitely proud for Joe. He did so well yesterday. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow, I am not a Bengals fan, but he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the league purely because of his press conference antics. I don't know if you saw Megan Mm -hmm. and please no one listening in Cincinnati take offense. Uh, But someone asked about how Cincinnati was so successful in keeping COVID cases down. Um, And Joe Burrow's comment was that there's really not a lot to do in Cincinnati. (laughs) I did see that. I mean, I was kind of like confused because, you know, Cincinnati's not just in the middle of nowhere. Like it's a pretty major city in Ohio and it's just like anywhere else, there's always things to do. So I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of a shot at Cincinnati. But I mean, I guess he can say that. Um, I thought that was really funny, though. And hey, maybe it's true. Maybe they just don't go out on the Bengals. So whatever. It's working for them. Uh, I mean, I've lived in Cincinnati. Like, it's a fun spot. Um, but yeah, that that just made me giggle. And then, of course, uh, was it a Grinch sweater that he wore to his postgame press conference? Um yeah, pretty, something like that. Yeah. His was, outfits are always great too. Definitely festive. Um mm. so yeah, definitely uh entertaining to watch on the field and off the field. Um someone who was less entertaining on the field this week was former number one pick for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, who threw four interceptions in the Browns two point loss to Green Bay on Christmas Day. This was definitely not the present I was hoping for. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was so tough. Like, I saw a tweet and it said, oh, you think your Christmas gift is bad? Uh, Someone got a Baker Mayfield jersey for Christmas. Just remember that. So I'm sorry for all the Browns fans out there. Baker is just, I think he's proving that he is not a great quarterback. He is very average, even below average at times. Like, Those four picks were just killer for the Browns. And I know everyone's talking about the lack of defensive holding call. Um, It it should have been a hold. It should have been called, which kind of lost the game for the Browns. So that's another story. But, man, Baker just did not play well at all. And they definitely had the chance to upset Green Bay. But, yeah, just did not pull through. And Baker did not help matters at all. For sure. Um And yeah, you're right. In terms of the four picks, uh, two of them arguably had defensive holding um, calls that should have been called against Green Bay, but weren't. And at this, you know, you got to roll with the punches. If the refs aren't calling it, they're not calling it. Um, And that's just the way it goes. Um, But definitely a bummer. At the same time, Baker is definitely a leader in their locker room. He has the locker room. You know, even after all of the drama that we saw with OBJ earlier this season, it felt like people were still rallying behind Baker. Um, and yet, as the season has worn on, 
you look at the other players uh, or the other quarterbacks, excuse me, excuse me, in the AFC North, and you've got Lamar Jackson, you've got Joe Burrow, you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's not doing so great now, but you know who once did. Um, and they're players who are able to make plays when it counts, and they're like Joe Burrow is able to make those passes when he has to. Um, and you look at Baker, and you're as much as you love him as a person, you start to wonder like, is he the elite quarterback that we need who can make the plays? Uh, because he really didn't even need to make plays on Saturday. He just needed to not throw picks, and that's exactly what he did, and that's why we lost the game. Right, and it's just so frustrating. I can imagine being a Browns fan because he has shown moments of greatness. Like when they when the Browns completely destroyed the Bengals earlier this year, Baker played amazing. But then, like you said, in clutch moments, you know, pivotal game, trying to make the playoffs, he just couldn't do anything right. And, I mean, it's just showing that he – can't perform in these clutch moments, which is huge, um, especially moving forward. You know, what are the Browns going to do? Are they going to try again for another year? It's just he's very inconsistent, and it's just really hurting his team. So, yeah, I, I like Baker as a person. Obviously, like you said, he has the team on his back. Everyone respects him, um, but he just isn't performing well not performing well enough to be a starting NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, definitely don't want to see another starting quarterback on that long, long list <laughs> of former Browns starting quarterbacks. Um, and I appreciate that Kevin Stefanski is giving him the chance. Uh, obviously, the Browns have such an outstanding running game, um, and that takes the pressure off of Baker. Um, so we'll see. Uh, obviously, Baker's been dealing with injuries this year. Um, if he can come back healthy next year, will things be different? Um, hopefully, but we shall see. Um, just want to wrap up with a much more positive story from the NFL, uh, partially from the Browns. Um, Callie Robinson, uh, who had previously served as a tight ends coach for the Browns, um, and Jennifer King from the Washington football team, who uh, also serves as a running back coach, um, both coached running backs over the weekend, um, and it was the first time that two women coached positional groups in NFL history. These are both awesome stories. Um, it just makes me so happy to see women progressing in sports, and especially the NFL, which historically, obviously, not a very female-populated um, league. And it's just great to see how these women are progressing. Uh, I know partially it is due to COVID and some coaches being out and they're just filling in a little bit, but hey, this is just awesome. They've just worked their way up. They've worked so hard. Jennifer King, I know, was just an intern at one point and now she's worked her way up to being the running back coach this past week. So just great stories and just setting an example that females can make it and coaches in this league, it's not going to be easy. They've worked so hard, but it is possible. So just really great stories to see from both of them. And you know, if we're talking about results, yes, Callie Robinson had Nick Chubb and DeAndre Johnson at her disposal, um, along with an outstanding offensive line, but the Browns did emerge with an incredible game on the ground against Green Bay. Um, so obviously, I uh, got to give a lot of credit to her and her ability to scheme in that game Saturday. Oh, for sure. I mean, obviously it's a plus to have those two guys at your disposal, but she's them well, especially like we just mentioned, Baker was struggling. So definitely got to turn to your run game and she just puts together a great game for them. And yeah, like I said, they had a real shot at beating the Packers um, 
obviously it didn't work out, but wasn't her fault at all. I mean, she put together a great game for her running back. So definitely a success for her. For sure. Um, well, we're going to take that warm, fuzzy moment and hold on to it and take a quick break, but we've got more coming up for you. So stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Uh, So despite surges uh, for some NBA teams and COVID cases around the league, we did still have the NBA on Christmas Day. Yes, I love watching NBA on Christmas Day. It's always amazing games, great matchups that I've been waiting for all season. So we started off with the the Knicks, my Knicks, and the Hawks. And unfortunately, Trey Young didn't play due to COVID. So wasn't as, you know, highly exciting as I was hoping for. But hey, Knicks came out on top. So I was happy about that. Um, then we had Nets Lakers. And the Lakers have just been struggling so bad lately. Like, I mean, it's not LeBron's fault. It's not Russell Westbrook's fault. Anthony Davis is out, but the Lakers just don't look good at all lately. And they lost to a Nets team that only had James Harden. Obviously, Kyrie's still out. Um, Katie still out. So that was kind of an interesting game, I thought, because the Lakers definitely had a chance to win, and they just couldn't beat the Nets, who have been COVID-ridden for the past few weeks, I would say. Um, but then I think the biggest game, obviously, probably everyone thought the biggest game was the Warriors and Suns, uh, two best teams in the league, in my opinion. And I was fully expecting the Suns to win. They've just been having an incredible run this season, especially at home. Um, I believe they're undefeated up until this point, but the Warriors did come out on top. Steph Curry, apparently he like never had more than 20 points on a Christmas Day game, which I thought was shocking. Well, he got 33 um, against the Suns. So, yeah, kind of broke that weird streak, which you wouldn't expect from him. But huge game. Um, I Obviously, it's still pretty early on in the season, but Warriors came out on top. So I thought that was a huge game. Um, but, yeah, Celtics totally blew their lead against the Bucks. They come out on top. And then the Jazz beat the Mavs. So it was all, like, pretty close games. Uh, pretty much within 10 points, less than 10 points of each other. So they're all really great games. So I just really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, some good sports to watch on Christmas Day. Nice. Um, and speaking of basketball, um, got an update that uh, the Ohio State men's basketball team was able to practice last night. We're recording this on Monday, so that was Sunday night. Um, and they are planning on having their game Tuesday against New Orleans. So uh, after a brief respite with games canceled against Kentucky and UT Martin. Um, Exciting news for the Ohio State basketball team uh, heading forward. Yeah, I'm so excited that they're back. A little bit nervous to see how they're playing. I'm glad that it's not too tough of an opponent, obviously, still going in non-conference play. But yeah, we'll see if they are a little bit rusty when they start. I'm sure they might be, but 
I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm just definitely excited that they're back. Everyone's healthy. As of now, the game is on. So hopefully that happens, but definitely excited to have them back. Absolutely. Um, well, that's all we've got for today. Uh, Megan, before we wrap up the show, do we, do you have any shout outs? Um, I just want to shout out my family. They put together a really great Christmas. Um, just really fun. Had some really great food, which was awesome. So yeah, just a really good Christmas with my family. Nice. I'm going to shout out J.R. Smith because he's just been extremely entertaining for the last few weeks. Um, so as many of you know, uh, J.R. Smith decided to uh, return to undergrad uh, and play golf, um, which is pretty cool. And he just a couple of weeks ago posted that he had a 4.0 GPA for the fall semester. Um, so kudos to him. And then he's been tweeting in the last couple of days about a potential 10-day NBA contract um, because the NBA is allowing these shorter contracts to accommodate for uh, missing games due to COVID. Um, so shout out to him. Feels like he's living his best life right now um, and hoping, you know, that 4.0 GPA continues into the spring semester for him. Right. Like, how do you not love J.R. Smith? Like, first off, returning to college, good for him. That's awesome. Second, playing golf, like, okay. And then getting a 4.0, like, that is not easy. He's a student athlete and he's posting a 4.0. Like, good for him. How long has it been since he's been in school? Right. Like, Like, he must have worked so hard. But then, okay, I was wondering, since he is a student athlete, could the NBA sign him to that 10-day contract? Like, is that even, like, legal? Like, could they actually do that? I'm actually curious. I don't know. I mean, I would say that that would eliminate his eligibility as, like, do you only eliminate eligibility in the sport in which you participate in? I mean, good question. He's just so talented. Like, who knows? He can play both sports, but I don't want him to ruin, like, one sport for the other by playing. I mean... Who even knows if he has any interest from teams signing him? But I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'll have to find that out. But it brings up an interesting point about NIL rules as well, because like it's not exactly just benefiting off of his name, image, and likeness. But like, would he be able to sign, say, like a sponsorship with the NBA? Not necessarily to play. Who knows? I mean, yeah, that's really an interesting question. He probably like wasn't thinking that far ahead when he just tweeted that, but. Yeah, definitely some other parts to that that are super interesting. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. But yeah, just in general, love J.R. Smith. Good shout out this week, Meredith. Thank you. Big fan. Um, (laughs) Obviously, lots more coming up this week. We've got Ohio State versus Utah in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Uh, The team did just land in Pasadena um, on Sunday night. Uh, So hoping you know, for an exciting and fun and practice-filled week in California for them. Um, But that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.